Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I have a guest here with me today that I am very excited to welcome to the show. I think this is going to be a pretty cool episode. Stephen H., welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Evan. Of course, of course. Thank you for being here. (laughs) So I like to start off in the same place with all my guests, and that's by making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context that they need to get the most they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do? So I would, as we mentioned earlier, I'd, I'd largely describe myself as a behavioral explorer. And there's a little bit of a backstory to that. Um, I mean, let, should we give you the 60 second quick intro with uh, turbo jets? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Taekwondo from 10, black belt at 14, uh, went off to uni, degree in psychology, master's in strength and conditioning, was pretty good athlete in many areas, kettlebells, Olympic lifting, taekwondo, kung fu, bodyweight clubs, amateur gymnastics, you know, that that was my thing. And I realized that it wasn't actually a healthy relationship because I was very competitive. Uh, there's quite a lot of ego there. And around eight years ago, I moved specifically into the mindset region because I realized that most of the impact I was having, not just on my clients, but on other coaches. And if I'm honest, Evan, my target audience changed from you know, Joe Public to the coaches that were realizing the missing link for them. I, I call it kind of uh, Poseidon's trident, three prongs, because most personal trainers have nutrition and gym. And yet everything that underpins a human, as we'll discuss on this podcast, on a little round trip, based on what's in your head, <clears throat> your, your map of who you are, your level of awareness, what you bring to this moment, the language you use, you know, the whole thing, the channel you live on. That gives me about 20 seconds. And what I would say there is I went on my own journey of self-awareness and came full circle to create the Brain and Brain program, which is nicely displayed in neon behind us. Because I mentioned all streamers and podcasters have neon, you know, you could be in the core game. And Train and Brain is really physical fitness and mental well-being because I believe if you focus on them individually, you are missing out on the bigger picture of what it actually means to be human. We've got a vehicle, we've got a supercomputer. There's a level of interaction in so many regions here that the best end goal for us is largely to focus on both to the extent that we are in possession of a body that we uh, we can rely on. I think that's the best way of explaining it without insulting or, 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 you know, a body that you can rely on that's fit for purpose. It isn't a burden. 
and a mind that is largely a mirror that reflects what is because so often many of our problems come because of what we add what just entered our world so you know you can see a thing online and you add to it emotionally how you feel which increases its impact and then you get angry at the way you feel because of the pot that's boiling and we're ready to kind of slam these people because of what they did to us and yet we don't know them and it wasn't them in the first place it was us so being a behavioral explorer it largely comes down to the level at which we can have a huge positive impact on our own mental health and well-being and our interactions with others. Um, and we can dive into my kind of backstory. I've I've had a horrendous 12 months. I've got no shame in admitting that. Um, I was at the top of the hill. You know, I'm not here to blow my own trumpet. I'm 47. I've got nothing to prove. I am being absolutely transparent. I've got several British and world records in all-round weightlifting. I unofficially broke a couple of Guinness world records. I've coached internationally. I spoke for Porsche, Deloitte. I've been there, done it, got the T-shirt. And then I tumbled down that mountain and landed on my head because we had family health issues, my own health issues, obviously lockdown, business struggles, other bits and pieces. You know, everyone's got limits. And when you've stacked up probably six to seven times what you can manage, you've got to ask for help. And I did, and I reached out. And I'm glad I did because being that vulnerable taught me many things, forgiveness, gratitude. But the, the big one, you only build resiliency when you're in the trenches let's use the gym for example you you don't get strong unless you lift the weights and the resiliency comes from actually going in and knowing deep down that pretty much whatever I face I can deal with and I think that's a great stepping stone to then jump into the entrepreneurial and the business world and particularly podcasting because it can be a very lonely place out there. You can see all these shiny objects and people with tons of followers and they're doing it and you think, you know, great example, mindset coach, you've got Tony Robbins. What's the point? How are you ever going to get to that level? You know, athlete, you've got Usain Bolt. Who am I kidding? I can never. Stop comparing to what you would like and realize what you can become. And this is why there's several chicken shops on the high street or 10 barber shops on the same stretch of road. Because each of us has a gift and a talent, our thing. And I'd like to think that this, after many, many decades of doing very different stuff, I left school and became an electrician. I was then a personal trainer. I was in a strength and conditioning coach. I then taught kettlebells and taught weightlifting. Train and brain is a combination of what I've learned and experienced as a coach in terms of the physical fitness and the mental well-being. Because I know that that will have the biggest impact on the people that are pretty much lost at sea and need a guide to build those foundations that are missing. And I think what will really help your audience is to know that underneath the noise and the judgments and the guilt and the shame and the doubt and the comparison and the shiny objects and the overwhelm, once you bet on you, and that is such an important thing, once you you bet on you and you give yourself a fight in chance and you, and you rehearse a mantra along the lines of you know you can do it, you know, believing in yourself is good, but belief is based on doubt. You don't believe things you know. But believing in you is kind of better than not believing in you, but you know, let's really stretch it here. When you know you can do it, 
And that's the difference between high-level athletes. They're in a dialogue. They're in a game. Their level of awareness. When you know you can do a thing, you show up differently. And what I've seen with a lot of entrepreneurs that have gone through catastrophe, have done the inner work, have faced incredible hardship, they then come down from ego to deliver at an incredible level because they understand so many people are literally hanging on by a thread. And if I'm honest, if the last few years has taught us anything, it's that we are hardly in control of anything. Life is an extremely fragile gift and none of us know what's around the corner. So that's my three minutes on the soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I hopefully that helps. Oh yeah, no, I think that's that's incredible, and that really there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, first of all, it's incredible that you were able to recover after falling from where you were before, and that now you have this program, and you're being you're giving back, and you're taking these experiences and yeah, using yeah. them to your advantage. Let me be completely honest. I am far from out of it. I have eye surgery in three to four weeks for a, for a cataract, which doesn't happen at my age, but it did. I mean, someone's got to win the lottery, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> when you understand normal dis- distribution and outliers, it's like, oh, I've condemned myself, you know? <laughs> yes, I've got my surgery. I've literally had long COVID for a, a year, give or take, to the extent where I've, I've been exhausted. Um, I mean, my, my press-ups, I, I used to do, you know, 1,000 plus in an hour for fun. You know, I taught Taekwondo. I, I was exceptional at body weight. That was my thing. I held a plank a few months ago, and my arms were literally like that. I, I couldn't do two or three press-ups in a row. So there's work to be done there. Thankfully, you know, the, the eye was a big issue with tracking. I, I would I would bump into things. I'd walk into door frames. I'd knock cups over in the kitchen. Um, luckily, I can drive because it's a lot better sitting down. To give you an idea of how bad it got, if I was to close my eyes and attempt to walk forwards, I'd go off sharp left into a circle. Wow. Yeah, the interesting thing there is this eye basically sees predator shoulder cannon. So, you know, the little... Yeah. So if I look at the mouse on this screen, there's now three of them. If I bring that into about four inches, I can read text. This eye reads text clearly about 18 inches so my brain has got bad information coming in that it has to use because it runs on sensory feedback that's that's how we do that's how we interact with organism environment it knows it's wrong but it can't do much about it so we've got this tug of war going on and it's it's tough so i'm not out of it yet but i am much better than i was a few months ago when i put up a birthday post in june and saying look guys you know i am in it up to here and I'm being transparent because I know a lot of people I, Evan I had people messaging me saying that it brought them to tears if I can go through that you know someone that was literally a resource during lockdown and COVID I was messaged probably on a daily basis from people I've never met that had been sent from other people saying talk to Steve talk to Steve you know literally and the thing is you can't give from an empty cup I, I'd given so much I was empty I was exhausted I was emotionally exhausted then you've got the physical stuff with you know, COVID and, and the exhaustion there. Then you've got the other stuff, the family health issues. And I had a weight I couldn't bear anymore. And I just, bang, you know, I wasn't going to check out the game. I've got three kids. That isn't an option. But I understand how people get there. You know, and, and for the people listening to this that have had enough and are ready to quit, you are enough, you are loved, and you have incredible value to add to the world. It's not over yet. If you can stand up, you can carry on. 
And if you can't stand up, you can crawl. If you can't crawl, you can edge forwards on your teeth. Why? Because if you're breathing, you've still got a chance to change it. And that's such an important reminder. Because so many wonderful people are no longer here because they didn't realize that those burdens shared, those burdens discussed, those burdens at least sat with so that you realize you're not a bad person. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not as if you've... You know, you're evil and you deserve it in some way. You're going through stuff that most people go through. And it's your level of resiliency. And here's the thing, why does it hurt so much? Because you don't build resiliency unless you're in it. You know, you can't build up resiliency if you've never faced struggle. You don't read a book to get resilient. You don't read a book to get confident. You don't read a book to get strong or to drive a car. They may give you some good tips on podcasting, but as I'm sure you'll agree, nothing beats the one-to-one that's been there and done it and knows everything. So yeah, you've got to be realize that you are growing as a function of going through that struggle. And I think that's important because entrepreneurship can be a very, very isolated and lonely road. Don't get me wrong, you can know thousands of people and you can feel alone most of the time. It can be a hard slog. You know, no no one other than you is going to be there half 11 at night wondering why this API won't talk to another thing and your website's down. And, you know, it can be a real, yeah, you've been there, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really powerful. And I think your experience, what you have done and the insights you've gained from it really shows the power of your program because train and brain, I mean, that's, that, that's that that's it right i mean that's training the body and training your mind at the same time the body yeah yeah exactly and that you can't really have one without the other you know what i mean <clears throat> and i put a post up today i said you know no amount of physical exercise will help you deal with your trauma or increase your awareness and likewise you'll never meditate yourself to fitness and strength, you know, and that's why, and, and if I'm honest, Evan, I, I had to go through my own journey. So it was it was physical fitness almost in isolation, but then realizing that what I was saying to people was having more of an impact than what we were doing in the gym. So I thought, oh, this this language, their, their beliefs, channel they live on, that's this is important. And then I thought, okay, that's how I have my impact. So let me really focus on that. And I've done it li- literally until about a year ago, where I then realized I'm doing people a disservice by not focusing on the integration of these. Not that you can't do them separately, but at least have them both on the map at some level. So, you know, basic example, you go to the gym, you do some meditation, journaling, Breathing or mindfulness or practice gratitude. Because here's the thing. If I say physical fitness, I can guarantee you can do a list of things now that relate to that, yeah? Literally like a Chinese menu. You can run and bike and swim and kettlebells and jujitsu. What? You know, millions of what? Hundreds of sports and classes and millions of YouTube videos. And then if I say mental health, <laughs> a lot of people are lost. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's a blank canvas. And that's the problem. We don't realize that the same way that we can go to the gym and exercise, we can actually go inside for inner size. And I believe it was Blaise Pascal a few hundred years ago said most of our problems 
would be resolved if we gave ourselves 10 minutes in a room alone. And I think there's a little bit more to it than that. He was, he was exactly on the page, but obviously science and awareness have advanced. I call it the internal weather. Your head has thoughts and your body has emotions. So these are the things that largely we're, we're at odds with. I shouldn't think this way. I shouldn't feel this way. I'm angry that this happens. I may. When you are at peace with your internal weather, the fact that clouds pass, you can't do nothing about it. You cannot stand in the river and say, stop. So why do you keep believing that you shouldn't feel this way or think this way? When you are no longer at war with who you are and you can accept yourself entirely, that thing I mentioned earlier, all the noise and the, the scatteredness above us, you realize a few home truths. It's all here now. The more you hope it's in tomorrow, the more you actually discard and disvalue what is here right now, that perpetual, when I've done this, then I'll be something. In this moment, the only place you can be present, the only place you can be at peace, the only place you can experience love and joy and use your creativity. And yet, if you think about it, so many people label this moment as boredom. But what do we usually say when nothing's going on? I'm bored. I don't want to be bored, therefore I have to do... And this is a classic entrepreneurial trap. I can't be bored, got to be busy, got to be doing stuff. And that's why you're spinning around like a, a, a rat on the wheel. I'm probably doing 15-hour shifts. <clears throat> You've never given yourself the opportunity to sit with you and accept the noise and the discomfort. But I guarantee you, your productivity goes up. And here's a good one. You're not here to manage time. You're here to make better choices. You cannot manage time. You can't stop the clock and say, bend to my will. It doesn't work like that. Instead of managing time, make better choices. Do a time motion study. Where does my time go? Not the small bits, the big chunks. Because I can guarantee you, if you've got several hours of a sitcom or TV show, which is okay, but on your deathbed, you know, sorry for, for a direct hit here, but this is how I coach. On your deathbed, so give me, give me a few shows. You know, we've got EastEnders and Coronation Street and Emmerdale. Hit me up with a few of yours. You've got, well, if I go back in back in the day, Dallas and Dynasty and, yeah. Yeah, yeah there we go, there we go. There we go. The Waltons, that's a bit of a Jim Bob, was it? Anyway, so, you know, let's be honest. Unless you lovingly, and I mean this with compassion, unless you dong someone with a frying pan, They've got no idea that they are largely a spectator in their own existence, hoping that stuff fixes itself at some point in the future. No one on their deathbed, Evan, wants another year of Dallas or Dynasty. Now, I'm not saying don't kick back after a busy day and enjoy a show that, you know, you like. But if you realize and you're honest enough to admit that life's a little bit of a mess in a few areas, health and relationships and business... You certainly don't need three to four hours of TV because what that is doing is numbing you. That's your escapism. That's an addiction, but it's not an addiction that actually leads anywhere. It's an addiction that detracts and takes away. It's, it, it's a pit of despair, if I'm honest. I guarantee if you, if you literally, <clears throat> in the nicest way, if your last day was today and you're not here tomorrow, would you want more TV shows? Yeah, probably not, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. We've got the illusion of immortality. We put stuff off. Not just yet. I'll deal with it later. 
What about this TV? Yeah, it's okay. I'll fix it. If it and eventually you've got no more tomorrows. You know, you open that cupboard to do with your deal with your to-do list and you get buried alive because of all the empty promises you've hidden away that still haunt you because you've got open tabs in your memory going, bing, bing, bing. You know, every time you walk past the garage and don't clear it, it screams at you. Every past you, time you walk past the shed and you haven't fixed the door, it screams at you. Put them on a list or do them. The, the mental health of actually facing your list and realizing there's probably half a dozen small ones that I can get done today with a phone call or an email or getting off my backside and doing it myself. Order the thing, do, do the DIY. Because the more you've got, the more you've got. They own you. That's the thing. And the thing is, we've, we've got enough stuff going on. We want to kind of fine tune that laser because it doesn't do anything if it's on wide beam and scattered. Exactly. So, throw in some questions. I'll, I'll, I'll go to midnight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, it's a lot of... It's a lot of incredible insights, but I want to focus on how interesting it is that your coaching and your work focuses on body and mind. So mm, with yeah. your with your clients, then is it do you give them then like training regimens to follow well, as well as doing training, coaching? The idea of the train and brain program is it actually exists at three levels. What for, if I'm honest, there's a completely free 30-day video course where there's 30 days of you know, hours and hours of content, probably a day of content, if I'm honest. You've got videos on how to improve your sleep, hydration, mindfulness, meditation, the power of language, um, uh, tons of stuff. Then you've got home workouts that don't need any equipment. Then you've got audio meditations. You've got a journal for gratitude. You've got recipes. You've, you've got a load of stuff. I read a great quote once. <clears throat> Give away things, something that is more valuable than what other people are charging for. And I think Gary V, you know, love him, hate him. There's a lot of people out there that are Marmite. Gary, Gary V said, I'm successful because I've literally given away everything. Because people will come and pay premium. Because they know that as good as your book is on driving a car, they still need an instructor. Now, I haven't actually done it that way. I've, I, hand on heart, I've given away enough in the free train and brain course for independence so that people actually don't need me. Why? Because that's the way I want to do this. I'm not here to add you to an email list and bombard you 20 times a month and, and twist your arm. And trust me, I could when you know mindset and language and emotional manipulation, but I don't operate on that. I see it on a daily basis and I can't stand it. I am literally holding a gift. I will walk it to your front door. I'll ring the bell. I'll place it there. Make sure you've got it. Wave goodbye. Have fun. You know where I am if you need me. And should you wish to join me with part of your journey, however long that is, it will be an absolute pleasure. And if I'm not for you, that's fine as well. And to answer your question, so the three levels are after the free one, there's a video vault, which is... 200 plus videos on how to safely exercise at home and routines and workouts and it's, it's a much bigger version of the free one which gets a monthly update for additional content there's guest speakers in there all kinds of stuff the flagship one is the live group coaching program 
where pretty much Monday to Friday, they've got me coaching them, you know, live meditation, live exercise, hot seats. Friday's the uh, big Q&A. And there's also talks and discussions, myself, there's presentations, there's guest speakers, kind of like mini podcasts coming in. And the, the top end is for people that can't fit to that schedule and really want the fast track. And that's the one-to-one because people do, if you think about it, people spend more for the fast train that they're actually on for less time. When you get your head around that, yeah. So here's here's the 12-hour train and it's $100. Or you can do the six-hour train and it's $200. But I'm paying more, but I'm on it less. Yeah, because you realize how valuable time is. Time is infinitely more powerful than money. On your deathbed, you tell me if you want more time or more money. <laughs> yeah, right. You get a real penny drop bang and, and it hits hard. Time is infinitely more value. Time isn't money. They are completely separate. And if you've been taught that, unlearn it fast. Uh, What I would say is that the reason I created that is I saw it's improved massively because in the last several years, literally just as I moved over into the mindfulness space, a huge amount of personal trainers were doing similar as I said, you know, it wasn't that they were shortchanging their clients at all. They were doing their best. But if someone wanders into your world several stone overweight and hating how they look and they've tried this and that and diets and shakes and pills and potions and lost it and gained it, and they've got a track record of pain, anger, and, and helplessness in a way, you think you're going to change their life with salad and hit training? You're painting over rust if you don't address the behavior that caused it and for several years actively maintained it when you get in there they don't need you because no adult needs to be told to exercise a little bit and eat better i mean i'm being honest i'm probably you know dumping on my own industry but no sentient adult with a degree of intelligence needs to be told don't eat 20 jam donuts or eight packs of Pringles or miss breakfast or live on Red Bull and coffee. Make time for movement and exercise because you've got a vehicle. And if we look at the mechanics as a, as a parallel, as an analogy, let's say you've got, you know, what's your favorite car? Go on. Favorite car? Yeah. I don't have a favorite car. Throw out one you like. Let's pick a Dodge, yeah? There's like Maida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. That's it. Yeah, so you, you've got a nice Dodge on the front, on the on the, on the the porch. Got a tarpaulin over it. Hasn't been used for 20 years. Do you trust that on a family holiday? Probably not. There you go. Yet we can neglect our body to the same extent. That, do you see the problem? Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. You are responsible for this. And and I think the issue is you can absolutely mess up and take it to the dentist or the doctor. But that isn't how it's supposed to work. I'm a big fan of ownership and responsibility. You know, you are literally the leaseholder for this vehicle until your your time here expires. This this is your work. This is your, you know, not not... Obviously, there's different abilities. I get that. You know, I'm not saying, you know, there's a spectrum of, of people with options and disabilities. And stuff. I, I get that. I'm talking more, more about a general population, normal distribution. <clears throat> if you consider, for many people, there's a level of, level of neglect that they are truly embarrassed about. When you can have that conversation, my, my coaching, and hopefully this is coming, my, my coaching is cr- to create a safe enough space for you 
to stand in that spotlight, whether or not you are bawling your eyes out and put your hand up and say, you know what, I have completely messed up. I'm angry, I hate myself, I've let myself down. And you literally go through the Kleenex and let it all out, air the dirty laundry, as they say. Because when you finally accept that and you no longer blame McDonald's and your teachers and your parents and whatever it was and the relationship that went so when it lands at your feet for the first time in your life, you can do something about it because you realize that largely it was you that got there. Not as an active choice. No one, cho- no one actively chooses obesity unless you are a feeder. And that's something that I struggle to get my head around. You know, so trust me, whatever you do, there's a market for it, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, you know, no one actually says, oh, Christmas, I want a new bike and to be morbidly obese. You know, we don't choose it as an active goal. But passively, we arrive there through neglect and overwhelm and putting it off and being busy and having the kids and the business and I don't have time. And, you know, before you know it, you, you're struggling to, to walk without getting out of breath. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over years. And here's the thing. If you then think you can fix it in days or weeks, that's why you've failed so many times. If it happened in five years, you're probably looking at two to at least, I'd say six months to manage the behaviors that were maintaining it. And instead of of operating from unconscious habits and and reactions and all of the, you know, what's currently wired neurologically to, to maintain you, to actively, to mindfully shop, to actively choose, to literally to, let's use the, this is strength if people are struggling with their health. To pick up the thing or a chocolate or whatever it is and sit there and say, Do you know what? No, I am stronger than the desire and I'm going to put you down. Because here's the thing I, I, I listened to a great podcast recently. You're shopping and see a thing and it catches your attention and it's got to go in the trolley. It owns you. Your defenses didn't even exist. It owned you. You were played by a pack of Cheerios or, or whatever, you know. You know, not not to not to shame anyone, but hopefully, you know, when that spotlight is bright enough, you can't run back to your spectator seat anymore and hide, because I deliver with compassion, but I'm bloody honest, and I cut through all of your excuses and the fact that you're uncomfortable would rather not be. Why? Because in the nicest way, I want the best for you, and I know that initially that's going to hurt because you're going to have to put your hand up and accept a huge amount of stuff person hurt you you've run it 99 times it hurt 100 you're responsible for most of them own it that's why forgiveness starts at home forgive yourself be your, be your own best friend show up and meet your needs brain and brain is largely about behavior change i, I say to people why are you paying me <laughs> you don't know <laughs> sit with that for a while why are you paying me Oh, because you train us and we exercise. I said, no, no, keep digging, keep digging. Why are you paying me? And you'll get all of the general stuff. Habits. That's why. You are paying me to be there until you no longer need me. And then I wish you adieu with as much compassion. There's, There's no regret. There's no loss. For me to send someone out into the world independent, I know that's going to impact their children. When your health is an absolute mess and you hate yourself, one of my clients used to refer to self as the fat pig in the mirror. You think of the toxicity of that relationship. And I said to them, your children are watching you with mirror neurons. They've got this sponge that they're taking on board how to live and mum's giving us this information. I said, what do you think you're doing to them? 
melted down. Literally couldn't breathe. <laughs> Tears. Said, right, okay. You got a cho choice to change it. No amount of hating the fact that you are ill and overweight leads to health. Yeah, because you're watering weights. You never grow flowers by watering weights. Yeah, right. This great analogy. Are you watering the weeds or are you growing the flowers? Because you can get angry at the thing you don't want. You know, without going into the woo-woo stuff, more from, from a physics, you know, in terms of energy. The thing that you focus on, you know, let's say I'm going to buy a red car. I start to see them all over the place. You, you think of a song and it's on the radio and... You know, we are not not to go into manifestation and the secret and laws of attraction, you know, because if you're honest with that, attraction is two words. Attract, action. <clears throat> you don't sit there and think of things and they land on your lap. You attract to you. Uh, the attract part is I put the postcode in the sat-nav. I've got a game plan and a destination. And what's left? Action. We live in a cause and effect universe. Nothing happens until something happens. You don't get fit sitting there thinking about fit or desiring fit or believing you're going to manifest fitness. Nothing happens until something happens. That billiard ball has to move to hit the next one. But what I said is you've got a bigger why than you realize. This isn't about you. Do it for you, but it's impacting your children. That's your why. And then I said, what's more important, you or your kids? And she went, oh, my kids, I'd do anything for them. And I said, would you believe me if I said that's the wrong answer? And I mean this in the nicest way because I've, I've had groups of women on a call and all of them say, I, you know, literally if my kids needed shoes, I would walk barefoot. I said, why do you think they tell you to put your mask on on a plane before helping anyone else? You are no good to your kids, half dead, angry and hating life. Look after you and they get the best version of you. They get the best education from you. They create a map based on health, happiness, love, and acceptance. You've got the option. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. But guess what? In six months, you can change the script. You are probably midpoint in your life. The next chapter can be very different from the previous one. If nothing changes, you know where that book ends. Yeah? It's not going to go along. It's going to go down. It's going to start diving and declining with more anger, more, more upset, more failure, more, more desire, more attachment, and you, you're a sinking ship. To change that and accept it and then take responsibility for it and then bring awareness into the triggers, the patterns, the language, the relationships, everything. Where does your time go and what are the rewards for that? Is it invested or is it thrown in the bin? <laughs> Then you start to see that you are active agent. Active agent follows from observer. Observer follows from the victim that's the pinball in the machine thinking, why does life keep doing this to me? And when you observe it, you understand the cause and effect nature of your suffering and how largely you invite yourself into the tragedies of other people that actually you were never on the guest list for. <laughs> You can walk on and not pick up the hand grenade. It was never for you. You don't need to correct someone. You don't need to respond. You can move on and keep your peace. And then you go back in and realize if you can get yourself in a great place, by example, because you can't force them, you can also help other people out of the rapids that are drowning in, in misinformation and overwhelm. And literally, they've lost their soul because they don't know who they are. They are in the rapids getting bombarded by information, noise, celebrity, doubt, 
million YouTube views, got to have the best podcast in the world. Did my picture get 50 likes by lunchtime? And we are sinking. And Evan, the only way out of that, in fact, I want your guests to do it now. Take a deep breath with me. Hold it. Before your eyes start to spin, the only thing you want to do is that blissful release. What I mean by that is when you can surrender and realize that you are life on life, you are part of nature, you are not an outsider or a blemish on this planet. The very nature of your existence is supported by the trees, symbiotic relationship. They produce the air you breathe. Nature has got your back. You are here, you are home, you are enough. Now you can do, Alan Watts had a wonderful statement. What's the goal of, what's the purpose of life? He said, the purpose of life is to be alive. You have won it, well done. Anything beyond that's your choice. You don't need to be, you don't need to create a legacy. You don't need to be an A-list celebrity or an actor or a musician or an author or anything like that. But here's the thing. We all have a why, a purpose, a gift. And hand on heart, if you've been working in a shop and ignoring that for 10 or 20 or 30 years, that furnace has become a flicker. And you know you've hidden and sold out. No one's here for a nine to five in a warehouse or a shoe shop or flipping burgers. You can pass through and then come out because you might be confused, you might lack clarity. But if you've been in a place that you openly admit you hate for 10 or 20 years, ask why. Ask why, because I guarantee you there is talent not being shared. I believe that we are here not to find our purpose, that's the illusion, to create our purpose. And you become a tide that raises many, many boats because your existence inspires. When I meet people, you know, I, I don't talk like this all the time. I'm, I'm talking like this to have an impact. I'm on a podcast as a guest. <laughs> I believe in utility. Hopefully there's enough nuggets for people to listen. And when something goes, pause it and write it down and say, do I do it? Can I change it? Or how can I use this in my life going forwards? And here's the thing. When your trajectory changes by a degree or two, in six months' time, you are in a different place than where you would have been. You are healthy. You are happy. You are sleeping better. You've got a better relationship. You've, you've managed your finances. Because you know we're looking at the compounding effect of small steps over time. You don't get a black belt in two lessons. You don't get a degree in two weeks. So why do we expect to achieve incredible things rapidly? It's an illusion. Anything you have worth having took a huge amount of time, effort, and energy. And the beauty is, hopefully, most of us still got time. So if you need to drop it into neutral and have a little bit of a stock check and think, you know, I'm, yep, I've realized a few things. I'm actually not doing this for the right reasons. I'm doing it for someone else. I'm doing it to prove a point. It's sibling rivalry. It's not what I want. I'm not being, I'm not honoring me. I'm not authentic. And you can't be authentic if you have no idea who you are because you've never spent time with you. You're filling a mask. You're filling a role. You're showing up as who you think you should be. So you'll cause less friction and people will like you. And that's admirable, but it's not your truth. And when you can show up as you, unapologetically and without permission, you start to live at a different level.
is some people like you and some people won't. And you know what? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter when you understand that everyone else has got their own stuff going on. People blow up online and hate you. Why? You were on their radar and they were angry. And when all they can do is throw a rock and you walk past, it's going to hit you. It had nothing to do with you. They wanted to get rid of the rock. And then you understand that I don't need to correct and get angry at people online. When I invite myself in, I become a part of it. I can walk straight past it and realize it was nothing to do with me. That's the power of us. We, we, we create these dramas. When you can walk past a thing and keep your peace, learn a valuable lesson. Almost everything out is a temptation and a root of suffering. And once you learn that, you learn the importance of keeping your peace across time. And I, I cannot emphasize hand on heart. Inner peace is probably the best goal you'll ever pursue. The path is awareness. The destination is inner peace. You are at peace with your inner weather. You are at peace with others, which are an extension of self. The world at large, which is your home and extended family. When you are no longer fighting and that friction and that divide and that conflict and separation, when that removes itself, your home under the noise is a self that realizes time is running out and you will never have this adventure again. So work out your dance and go and share it with humanity. That is incredible. That is true. I mean, our time is very short and... Those are just some incredible insights to be able to take. As Buddha, Buddha said, what, what is the life of a human? It is but a breath. Exactly. And that is a big way that I live my life is by like, am I, is this something where, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, will I be happy that I have done this? Or will I wish I've done more of this or less of this? Yeah. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. And that can be quite a morbid thing. You know, you don't I mean, I've taken a client to a graveyard and I've sat there and I've said to them, you are here soon, make it a good story. And that, you know, that was a bit, that was a bit in their face. And then they realized it's true. It is so true. We almost believe we are immortal because not yet, not yet, not yet, literally indefinitely not yet. You can be in your 60s and your 70s and, you know, not yet. I've still got, you know, a decade or two. But let's be honest. You, you know, you don't need to be a Spartan. You don't need to be an Olympic athlete. You don't need to be a Zen monk. But if you can hand on heart say, my, you know, think of the old graphic equalizers on a stereo. You, you've got sleep and nutrition and hydration and mindfulness and, you know, all the family and interactions and hobbies and an expression of creativity. If you think of those old graphic equalizers and say, right, okay, where do I sit with these areas? Because I, I, I've met so many entrepreneurs that are great in the bank and they're freaking miserable. They, they've got money. They've got a track record of destruction with relationships and pretty much hardly anyone likes them. It's kind of interesting how that works. You think if you are wealthy and successful and your life is, you know, the dream, but for a lot of people, it's not because you have to focus on, you have to do that inner work. You know what I mean? Let, I me, think tell you, yeah. Let me tell you how bad this can get. We had a, a seminar with, I mean, I don't know if you'll know him, Duncan Bannatyne was there, the prime minister at the time, Gordon Brown, and... You had the chief of British Airways. You, you know, it was the Institute of Directors. It was this massive year. And there was a psychology a professor or whatever it was, he came up and he said, 
I spoke with two people that really showed me how dangerous this path can be for the business owner. One of them was worth about 200 million and he used to wake up at 3 a.m. every night sweating, shaking in a panic attack, thinking that today's the day he's going to lose it all. And another chap was worth about 300 million and he said he hasn't had a day off in 25 years. So it begs the question, doesn't it? What's important? What's important? Are you pursuing what you think will make you happy because other people use it as their, you know, their, 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 their trophy, their, their thing? Once I've got this, I'll be someone. It really is. It's, it's the I'll be happy when mentality, which that is, I think, is a really dangerous magic. trap. <laughs> You've got to have that trap. conversation. So if I've put happy in it, classic health journey, when I've lost a few stone, I'll be happy. So happiness is out there 6, 12, 18 months in the future. And Evan, as soon as I say I'll be happy when, you've got to understand that there's a front of a coin and a back of a coin. If the front of the coin is the goal, the back of the coin is you actually negate self that's here. You devalue this self that you do not currently accept at any level because you want this one instead. When I'm here, I will be happy. Translation, subtitles, 888. I despise this. All my hopes and dreams are in this when I achieve it. Therefore, I despise this. Can you see how dangerous mm. a mode of travel that is? It is incredibly dangerous. Agreed. It's crazy. I think, Stephen, I think we could probably talk about all of this for we, we hours. We could do but, several um, episodes. I think 100%. four and a half hours. We, we outdid Lord of the Rings. I've done four and a half hours once. Oh, my goodness. Nice. Hey, that's impressive. That's impressive. But I want to make sure for today we respect the time of our listeners. So I, want to, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing these incredible insights. <laughs> for people who are interested in you and in the work you're doing, where can they find out more about you? Very easy. Go to the train and I've got two websites. I've got the strengthacademy.com, which is the name of the business and where I used to deliver weightlifting and kettlebells. And as you'll see behind me, not not and as in that and the squiggle, because you can't put that in as a web address, but it's train and brain, A-N-D, trainandbrain.co.uk. And for anyone that actually wants to jump into that free course, which I literally finished last week. You've got uh, a big button that says free access or start now. Well, I can't remember. There's a different one on each site, and that will let you jump. There's not even an email list where I bombard you trying to upsell you. I have literally, as I mentioned, I've given you enough to fly solo. That's how I operate. You've got tons of videos of mindfulness. You've got an introduction to kettlebells. There's workouts, meditations, Qigong breathing, recipe packs, journals. There's a fat loss tracker. Everything is there because I know that you build up no like and trust by delivering as a lighthouse that is a resource that they can then build confidence with if at some point in the future they wish to join you for a journey. There it is. I encourage everyone listening to check that out in more detail. I'm going to have all of that linked up in the show notes. And Stephen, again, thank you so much for coming on Absolute the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. 
So again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Path to Podcast Success. And we'll see you in the next episode.